What's up, everyone, and welcome to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. 0-9. We're 0-9. Literally hurts to say out loud. But before we get into all that pain, let me break down this episode real quick. Today we'll be discussing a review of America's Game of the Week featuring the two MVP quarterbacks, Flacco and Cam Newton. Uh, specifically, we'll uh, get into whose stock is up and who's down, uh, going into my favorite personal week of every single Jets season, the bye week. Um, and since we have officially become Jacksonville Jaguars super fans for the remainder of the season, we'll preview the Jaguars going into Lambeau, taking on the Packers. Alex, what's for et cetera? What's good, John? For et cetera today, we're going to discuss our sleeper teams. We should have done it last week to talk about the halfway point, but we're going to catch up today and see where we stand. And as you already know, we're going to get through some games today that we find very interesting. All right, Ricey, let's go. the Jets, the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. It is our new bye week after the whole COVID-19 kind of switched up our schedule a little bit. And here we are, Alex, 0-9, the disgrace of the entire league. We're on a fast track to the number one pick. That we are, John. That we are. It is, you know, I'll say this, though. It was a beautiful fast track on Monday. It was actually quite entertaining. I was not expecting that, if we're going to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I don't think anyone is really expecting that, unless you have been really, really paying attention to these Jets games. We've been coming out hot in the first half uh, these last couple of days, but we actually put on a show in the second half, which I, I, I think maybe even Gase was surprised <laughs> watching from the sideline. Clearly he was surprised and he wanted to get in on the action, which is why he wanted that deep throw to Denzel Mims. Uh, according- <laughs> all right, all right. Before, yeah, before, before we get into all that, before we get into all that, um, let's just start off with the Jets pregame, all right, which uh, is always – Man. The, the, the Jets being in primetime is actually really interesting. Um Personally, my dad always laughs hysterically whenever the Giants and the Jets are in prime time. He's like, "Oh God, who let the, who like agree to that? They stink in prime time. Like, let's just like he's always terrified as soon as he hears that the Jets are on prime time. Like during the week, it's all over. I like to get personally excited because finally, the national media is forced to talk about the Jets for that one game, right? Um. In the early week on the Thursday game, it was all about whether week four, whether Gase was going to get fired, right? So it was, are the Jets going to even come and look competitive today? If not, then Gase will probably not make it on the ride home. We looked super competitive against that Broncos uh, on the Thursday game, got the L, of course. And then here we are against the Patriots. So a little bit of a long tangent to tell you that, yes, JB Smoove, he did put on a show for us. He had he had a, a little a nice hype up show, um, talking about a little bit of history of the Jets. Like, yes, we know, we know, we know where the people that put Tom Brady at into the game. We know, like, we know the buff fumble. Like, we know everything about the Jets, but things are looking up, and it's time to start. But what drove me absolutely nuts, man, and I I need to talk to you about this, Alex. 
Booker McFarlane, all right, and Mr. Steve Young before the game, sitting at sitting in a round table with Shefty and Randy Moss, talking it up, chatting it up, and just talking about the most ridiculous thing. So Steve Young is saying how Trevor Lawrence should stay an extra season at Clemson like next year so that he could avoid going to a bad team. Okay? Because in Steve Young in Steve Young's head, there's going to be a fantastic franchise that gets the number one pick next year. And then Trevor Lawrence should wait for that. And that franchise is going to be so much in such better shape right now than the Jets are. So that drove me absolutely nuts. I'm so happy Shefty was there to just like completely dispel that. But that drove me nuts. And then Booger McFarlane on the other side, freaking out about, oh, who would want to go to the Jets? How can they do this? How can they progress? Who's going to coach them? How are you have Dude. Adam Shepard looked at him. He's like, we all know Adam Gates is not going to be the coach next year. What are you yelling here about? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, so I just, it drove me nuts that that's how the Monday night football pregame started with just like absolute nonsense. So I don't know, Alex, how'd you, how'd you feel about uh, Booger and Steve Young? Just like, I, I don't know. They just like pick up a piece of paper and just like read really quick about the Jets. Like, are they just not paying attention or like what, what's happening here? Their IQ about the Jets is as glamorous as their basketball skills mimicking Rex Ryan yesterday. That's, how, that's all I got to say about them, them dancing. This is not even dancing, bro. I don't even know what that was. Please, for the love of God. I was like, please stop. Just who who's allowing this? Like they're trying to have fun and trying to dance and fake dribble basketball, like, like imitating Rex Ryan from Rex Ryan's also comical stance. Don't get it. But – Dude, it's the national media, ESPN, like, they're just going to, you know, they're going to do their, they're not covering the Jets, them themselves. They're they're relying on Ritz Samini, right? Whatever Ritz Samini is reporting, they're, they're going to be either reading that or they're just doing it from a high level and just giving some vague topic, talking points, you know? And the thing that makes it interesting to talk about Trevor Lawrence not coming out or staying in school is because when we had, the, the last time we had the first overall pick, it was Peyton Manning who decided to stay one more year at Tennessee. So it's like, oh, let's let's try to connect it. Let's try to use this and do it again to the Jets because narratives and just silly talking points. It just makes no sense. Like, why would Trevor Lawrence – if Trevor Lawrence stayed, he's going to go to another bad team. I'm sorry that it's not going to be – the like, if it's not the Jets, it's going to be the Jaguars. And if it's not the Jaguars, it's going to be another terrible team. So what, what luck does he have? He's going to go to another terrible franchise who's bottoming out anyway. It doesn't make any sense to have that as a talking point, but they need to have it as a talking point because they just want to just stir controversy, man. That's all That's all it does. It gets us in rage. It gets everyone else in rage. Thankfully, Shefty is just like, yo, what is going on here, man? Just stop with this nonsense. Leave it alone. But that's just what it is, man. That's what they like to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And speaking of narrative, do not bring up that guy, Payne Manning. Okay? Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need that in my life right now. All right, he, he he ruined us with that first pick, and now he he told us to draft Gase because Chris Johnson, his first time on the job, he's like, oh, I'll listen to this quarterback, whatever. Please, like, help me. Yeah, I agree, man. Look, I, I want to know what Adam Gase has on Peyton Manning that he keeps getting all these referrals. Like, I really want to know, man. He's got to Gase has got to have some serious dirt on Peyton Manning for Peyton Manning to consistently back this dude from every stop. Like the Chicago Bears to the Miami Dolphins and to the New York Jets. Something's going on, man. I don't know what it is, but 
he's got some dirt on Peyton Manning. And I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think a couple people have some dirt on Peyton Manning. But anyway, man, coming to the game, it was a really good game. As you said, kind of took the whole world by surprise, this Monday Night Football game with the 0-9 Jets and the big, bad Bill Belichick Patriots who, man, they only have two more games. <laughs> two more, they only have two more wins than the Jets going to this game. So, um Break it down for me. Let's go. Uh, let's at least go half by half. Like, what do you think of that first half? Um, who stuck out to you? I'll tell you right away. Like, when I think of first quarter, first half of this game, that Bashar Perryman drop in the first quarter on the first drive, like, really hurt my soul. I was like, this is it, man. This is, this is like, this is deja vu. We're about to get blown out of this game. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. And when I saw that drop, too, I was like, that was an easy catch. But then he came back and got a 50-yarder, right? So from Joey Flacco, I think the first the first person that comes to my mind talking about the talking about the game in general is Joe Flacco before his you know before that uh, interception. But Joe Flacco like turned back the clocks tonight, played like his Baltimore Ravens self, and just showed out. Man, the dude played really well. I it's it, I was sho- I was shocked just watching him <laughs> throw some of those passes. He was mobile. He was doing a lot of things. He looked fine after surgery. Uh, you know he didn't he wasn't available for the first couple of weeks, but he looked pretty good last night. He completed eighteen for twenty five, two hundred sixty two yards, averaging ten and a half yards per uh, attempt. Three touchdowns, one no, took only uh one sack. Had a one twenty eight point seven rating, insane, bro. It was totally insane. He was the, he's the first one that you got to mention because he played really well that game. Yeah, I, I mean, speaking of that touchdown by Perryman, that was like an on the run jump pass by Flacco, right? Like running right to the perfect coverage. It it was weird, like watching. I felt like even on replay, I, I felt like it, like he was gonna get, he was gonna fall, like even like on, like on the replay of the touchdown. Um, yeah. I, the first half, first of all, the first quarter went by in like two seconds, right? It was like the, I think it was like one of the fastest first quarters that I've seen this entire season. Um, and then the, like the second quarter, it was probably the best quarter of football the Jets have had all, all year. Um, and definitely the most competitive on both sides. You know what I mean? Just like not even that we did well and like we killed the other team, just like good football, uh, that second quarter. And it, it Man, oh man, you see how football is such a game of inches, Alex, because on that drive, Flacco threw a pick six. Like, like he threw he threw a pick six, right? We were it was seven three. Um we're driving and like I can't believe McCordy dropped it, but he dropped it. You know what I mean? He dropped he dropped a pick six and it was about to be 14-3, and then we're about to come come back, have a three and out real quick. But to be 21-3, like halftime, a normal Jets football game. You know what I mean? And that that one drop, like, changed the whole momentum. We were able to drive it up. And we actually won that first half, which uh, that's what I was kind of alluding to in the beginning when you said who was expecting this. Besides uh, the San Francisco and Indy game, man, the Jets have been showing up in the first half. Yeah, man, they have been showing up in the first half. They've been playing well. You know, they may not be scoring touchdowns, but they're moving the ball at least this time. And sadly, it's not with uh, Sam Darnold, but with Flacco, we were moving the ball and we were scoring. Dude, we had 20 points in the first half. 
insane. That's the, but at the same time, the Patriots are not that good. You you pointed that out on the last podcast, and we saw it. It's they're abysmal, man. Defensively, offensively, there's you know we're both like bottom of the barrel teams that were both struggling. So that's why I'm also made for good football. We both both teams gave up a lot of yards offensively. Defensively, no one could stop anything. Well, like it, let's just be real about that to begin with. Yeah, pen- penalties galore. Penalties galore. And, man, speaking of not stopping anything, a, a big problem for why we couldn't really generate much in the offense um, in the trenches really was because Makai Becton went down early, dude. That was so tough to see. And, and everyone's going to already start screaming, oh, we let him play. Oh, this, that, sit him down. He's had, like, issues. This is a chest injury, came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? It just it just hurt to see uh, because he's about to get some shine on the national stage. For sure. And everyone's been praising Becton from everywhere around the league. National media, ESPN, everyone, man. Everyone knows about Makai Becton because he's just a bull on the field and in the trenches. Just phenomenal to watch. Sadly, he went down. The left side became weak. You saw that we were going to the left side at the beginning of the game with Frank Gore. Frank Gore was getting chunks, and I mean chunks of yardage because of Mekhi Beckton. Once he went down, you saw that we couldn't get really that much uh, pass protection in the second half, and that's why we only had one touchdown, and we it was, just, it was just a struggle to move the ball from there on out. Just a weird quirk about that. So I know that Font started on the uh, like on right tackle, like that's his starting position on the Jets this year, but the only reason that's his position this year is because we drafted Beckton and he's a beast, right? Um, Doga is the right tackle. So, like, if Beckton goes down, I don't know why they don't have, like, that mentality or that game plan to, like, adjust on the spot. Like, I don't – again, I'm not an offensive lineman. I don't know how crazy it is to, like, you know, switch mid-game. But if, if that's his preference is to be left tackle and there's an opening for left tackle – you switch him over, and then the guy who's subbing in, his preference is to be right tackle. Like, what's the issue? It feels like a perfect storm. But I just feel like we just, like, are shoving the puzzle pieces, like, into the, into the spaces we want and not into the spaces that fit. Yeah, I hear you on that. And it's kind of – I would say it's probably difficult to say to move Font to the left side if he hasn't been practicing one on the left side. To Adolga, we have to know if he's practicing left side on the second team, on the unit, second unit and the practice squad, and not practice squad, but like really just the second unit, I should say, when going like playing scout offense, then it makes sense to put him there over Font because Font has been consistently on the right side. You know what I mean? You don't want to just start mixing and matching if guys aren't necessarily comfortable to either position. But I agree with you. In emergency situations, you know, it, this is becoming. This is becoming routine at this point. We see that Becton has gone down with injuries and we want to protect him, right? We don't want to force him back out there. We forced him when he wasn't fully healthy and now, you know, surprise chest injury. So we should be protective of him again. Going forward, we should be putting Font at the left side and getting Adoga on the right side for any time this happens, right? That That's all this says. Yeah, I don't think we will. I think we're just going to stay status quo. Uh, I do hope 77 comes back after the buy and starts, though. I, I, I really I'm really starting to want to throw up when I hear, oh, just sit him for the year. Like let him come back next year. Like, no. Nobody on this team is good enough 
to sit down and come back next year. Now, Darnold and his shoulder, it doesn't matter. He, he has to get better, right? Not Beckton, he's still young. Nobody, not Mims, like, which we're about to get into, and his, like, hamstrings, nobody. If, if you could play football, you need to be on this team to see if, if you could – honestly, if you're, if you're good enough to cut it for the roster next year. Uh, and no, literally no player besides maybe May. I would maybe give it to Marcus May. Like, if Marcus May is kind of, like, um, nursing some sort of injury and we're about to extend him, I get it, shut him down towards the end. That's the only one I could maybe take on the chest. Yeah, no one is deserving to sit out the rest of the season. We are a losing team. Everyone needs to play. Everyone needs to show that they can cut it to be on this team moving forward and to get a payday. Okay, we the Jets drafted Becton. They, he has to show that he can play at this level. You can't just say, all right, we saw you through you know, half the season. You're good. You don't got to do anything else. No, we're that's one creating this mentality that nah man you don't really have to work that hard because you're you're going to be the starter for the from here on out nah you got to you got to earn it every single day let's see that full year 16 games baby you got to last 16 games that's what this that's what the season's all about you know and especially if you want to get better playoffs man that's more than 16 games <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and speaking of earning you know earning your keep Denzel Mims 96% of the snaps he is earning his keep, man. He deserves every single one of those snaps. He is looking like an absolute beast out there. Exactly what we expected. But, of course, it's hard to care or see it before he started playing, right? It's not like, oh, yeah, we have this guy coming. Don't worry, but because we have to see it happen first. You know what I mean? And the fact that he's doing this with Joe Flacco, okay, it's it's a big deal. <laughs> it's It actually is a big deal. And... I know I know it's it's kind of a poverty wide receiver core, but it's the first time Mims, Perryman, and Crowd were able to line up together this entire season, man. And look what they did. They did they did okay to me. Like if, if Perryman and Flacco had that uh, had that chemistry that they so they were like went to that a couple times. If he makes that catch, I mean, <laughs> honest to God, if Perryman makes that first catch, what does he have? Three touchdowns, 180 yards. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he has, like, Terrell Owens numbers this game, which is, you know what I'm saying? Which is crazy. Um, I, I, I was I was, re- I was really impressed by it. I, I know we're getting a lot of heat for the Robbie Anderson business, but look, look what happens. One healthy game, a 97-year-old quarterback. I mean, no no left tackle. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We did, we did, we did pretty okay. Yeah, but let's let's be real, man. We went against like a poor defense too, so let's 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 keep it all in check for for what it is. It's nice to see that Perriman had a, a good game, and you know, kudos to him. You got to be able to take advantage when you got the situation, and he got the hundred and one yards, and he got the two TDs. Phenomenal game. I'm actually upset that I did not pick him up from the waiver wires, but hey, fantasy league, how would I know? Um, but no, he did a good game. But let's go back to the guy that we need to talk about, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. You know, the two broken tackles that he had, it was really nice, man. He's got some moves. He's got that radius. He can get open. He can create separation. Dude is, he's really good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with this team in the future, especially when we get, whether it's Darnold or we go some other direction. I can't wait to see what, what, what his career will look like because he, he, he definitely has talent. Do you think he'll be the one, though, or do you think he'll be the two? 
Um, yeah, so before before I address Mims, I just like want to caution you. Like we just we just went over how it really could have been 14-3 and like which probably would have easily developed into 21-3 real quick in the first half. So uh, and we and we everyone would have been sitting here talking about how amazing Bill Belichick is and his defense, and he still had the McCordy twins out there. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, it's a bad team, and so are we. But just you know, let's let's uh, let's give credit to where credit was due. The, the play calling was pretty good, right? And Mims, right? Mims was Mims was the number two today. So your 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 question is: Do you think he's a number one or number two? He was a number two today, and he thrived there. All right. I, I don't really know if he could blow the top off like Perryman. You know what I mean? To you know take that safety away. And let me tell you something, man. Crowder being there, he's a problem. He's a problem for defenses, and so they're they're he's he's occupying their brains. You know what I mean? He's like he's occupying their 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 peripheral vision. Okay, and and one step here, a thought about Crowder here, Mims is open, and once he's open, as you talked about. The guy can yak, man. <laughs> the guy can get some yak. The guy could – he looks like he's going to be tough to tackle. And he's only a rookie. I am very, very excited to get a real num- – like a like – a, if we could have like a 1A, 1B situation or like another just like – I mean, I'm going to throw Chase out there from LSU who took the year off, <laughs> right? I mean, that would be – that's a dream. But like let's just say somebody like that or if maybe if we sign Allen Robinson – Right, who's uh, who's a free agent, who's um, represented by uh, Gary the Gary V and AJV's um, sports agency, along with Leo Williams. So like, there's, there's there's a connect here. So I wouldn't be too surprised about that. I don't know, man. I'm 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 really excited about Denzel Mims as that quasi. I I put him on as a number two personally, and I'm low key. I'm gonna I'm gonna call us clowns for a second. I'm low. I'm, I'm happy that Jameson Crowder's on this team, man. We need this guy. We need this guy. We need this guy in the wide receiver room. We need this guy on the field. Um, we need him making those crazy catches, you know, on the side uh, that really put us in this game. So I don't know. Even if the Ravens did call for a fourth round pick, I'm, I'm you know, I think he's actually more valuable uh, than another rookie. Crowder's definitely been showing up and showing out. He, I mean, we, we know this about him, right? Even from last season, seeing it this season, he is a key piece to making this offense move. When he was out, it was feast or famine for the offense. He really knows how to get open in the slot. And, you know, I know Adam Gase would love to throw it to back Braxton Berrios 10 times per game. <laughs> Crowder is like, he, he's legit, man. And he was definitely worth the money that the Jets paid him. I It's just, I, I don't know what... I, I don't know what's there for him in the future because of his age, right? Um, I can see it's like resigning for another two, three years maybe, but at that point you hope he probably wants to be on a competing team and hopefully we're competing by then for him to you know want to stay because who knows? We're, we're going to be going in a different direction and next year's the, the end of his contract. All right. So just la- last thing on the offense – well, uh, actually, two more things. What did you see? Did you like uh, P. Ryan? I think I think he looks pretty good out there. I know everybody keeps yelling about every time they see Frank Gore, they start freaking out. <laughs> P. Ryan, 
like he can't get hit 19, 25 times a game. Like he, he's a rookie. Like he looks so small out there. Like we literally need Frank Gore to just bash his head into the guy in front of him and get like six yards, of, you know, like six yards here, two yards there, like get a block. I don't know. Uh, everyone just always uh, yelling about how, because we're losing, we just have to give it to rookies. Like, no, we also have to like look competitive. Like we have to give the ball Frank Gore, maybe get a first down here. I was, I literally screamed when we had those two consecutive first downs um, in the second quarter. I was like, I can't remember this year where we had like first down and then like the, another set of downs comes first down and get another first down. I'm like, when did that even happen this entire season? I like, we need actual players. So I'm happy what P Ryan's doing. Um, and I'm excited for more Gore and P Ryan after the bye. And so I want you to take on that. And I want you to take on, Obviously, you want Sam starting uh, the week after the bye, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay, just making sure because there's there's been there's been some uh, whispers about uh, oh shoulder rest him, franchise this, franchise that, trade bait this, trade bait that. Like no chance, right? Like, can we just expel all that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's not real. Let's let's stop with trying to rest Sam Darn for what? Like, what what are we resting Sam Darn? Okay, we have. Perfect to make at the end of this year okay we also have to make a decision and we're going to be drafting trevor warrant if that's going to be a real option or if sam can do it let's let's be real okay cool so okay, that we're on the same page there um so what's the, what's your take on the whole uh p ryan gore uh situation as well i hear what you're saying and by the way i just want to bring up the tweet because i was looking at you know i'm just when i was looking at frank gore stats uh i tweeted out that joe flacco would go like 20 for like 25 and like 189 yards and Frank Gore would get 15 touches for 50 yards. I was so freaking close, bro. 18 for 25 for Flacco, like I said, 262. That's a little far off. I'll, I'll be real. That's that's a little far off. Frank Gore, though, 12 carries for 46 yards. I was so damn close. So damn close. That is like pristine, like right there on pinpoint action. Um, yeah, man. I think, we, I think we know. I think we know our team. I had my two uh, prop bets uh, uh, for the just actual prop bets for the game were Jameson Crowder and uh touchdown and the Jets win, which was like plus one thousand, and uh Mims touchdown and the Jets win for like plus fifteen hundred. Because I know for a fact that the Jets physically cannot win this game if those players don't score a touchdown. So I think I think we uh, watched enough of this horrid team to actually understand how how these <laughs> what's going on back there. Gase isn't some sort of diabolical genius. Gaze is back there like no one will ever know what's coming the fact that i can just tweet out and just like be relatively close like i'll, I'll, I'll say like i'm a little off i was thinking like 200 some odd yards too for flack i was like could he do it tonight i was not that i was not that ballsy i said one touchdown for each guy though because i thought frank Gore was going to get it because he's he's due for a touchdown but just move that one to joe flacco apparently that would require us to like be within the five, be like on the five yard line, like driving in the red zone on like a first and second down. That's like a real offense, Alex. That's not what we have going on here. You're you're thinking about other other teams playing football. That's not, that's not what we do here. But the the thing was is that it's the Patriots and the Patriots have been allowing that. That's why I was like, okay, maybe maybe this is going to be the game. Maybe this is going to be the game. But nope. Again, those are for real football teams against the Patriots. It's <laughs> not it's not what we're dealing with here. <laughs> um. <laughs> So let's switch. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball, man. Which honestly has been a has been a real treat for us. You asked me about Frank Gore. I'll give you my Frank Gore thing. <laughs> Let me give you my Frank Gore thing real quick. I like. I get. I get. Want to see Will Michael Pirine? And I'm the same way. I actually do want to see him more than Frank Gore. Uh, but it's clear 
you know, the more and more I watch of him play, the more and more I can say, you know what, we got to let Frank Gore out there for a half the touches at least. And he got 50% of uh, the snaps out there. And I think P. Ryan got 46, 48, somewhere around there. I think it was 46. So it, it makes sense. P. P. Ryan doesn't have the body to go between the tackles. Frank Gore does. Um, but we weren't expecting to use yeah. P. Ryan at the beginning of the season to begin with. Let's be real. We had... Yeah. We had Le'Veon Bell, so we don't. So now we got to work with what we Splint, got. Now he's splitting snaps with, like, Frank Gore. You know what I'm saying? Halfway through the season. You, you're absolutely right, man. Like, what else do you want from the guy? I it's don't. like, we're just, we just, at this point, it's just, like, becoming frustrating that we just get mad over every single little thing. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Braxton Berrios gets the ball on the third down. So what? He converts. You know what I'm saying? He converts third downs. You know, for some weird reason, they just leave him open on, on third downs is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he's going to be an asset for us. Some guy who was cut from the Patriots, and then the Jets got him, and he's going to do well. Like, it's possible, man. You know, they, you know, the, the, wor- you know the world is a circle. Like, you know, like, it, it happens. Woodhead. It's like that. He's like the anti-Woodhead. Like, you know, it's possible this could happen. I, I would I would be happy if Barrios is the uh, the woodhead for us. That'd be, uh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He could be, man. He could be just like some guy who hangs around gets plays here and there first downs. You know what I mean? Not like a superstar. He, he very well could be fits in a nice little role there. Um, sure. Well, yeah, let's, let, let's, let's flip to the opposite side of the ball, man, because I know you were excited about it. I was excited about the defense. Um, but before we get into the good parts about it, just <laughs> Alex, my eyes burn when I watch Henry Anderson and Pierre Desir play football. They literally burn. Like they look. Like, I, 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 I am in pain. Oh my god! All right, you're gonna make me do this, John, because I'm on. I'm on serious Pierre Desir watch right now, and I just got to look at his uh the completions on him. It is not pretty, man. He pretty much lets everyone. Let's put it this way: you and I, like obviously. Just joking around. Like, we could go out there and make a catch on freaking Pierre Desir at this point. Like, one. One out of ten. One out of ten. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll be that generous. <laughs> here, here we go. So, Pierre Desir. He saw six targets his way. Five of them were completed. 83.3% completion. For 96 yards. 20 yards per attempt. What are we doing out here, man? Oh. I honestly like, like this is just that is horrendous. <laughs> I honestly, the stats sound those stats are are soft compared to what I actually watched like on on the field. Yeah, I mean what we see is that they'll target him. It, like Cam Newton, let's be real. Cam Newton was not he played okay. Cam Newton played okay, but it looks like he's having a difficult time throwing. Sometimes it looks like he was legit throwing sidearm like just trying to get something downfield and it was either overthrown and that's why it could have been a lot worse for Pierre to see let's be real yeah but to who like that's 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 what was bothering me it's like yo Pierre this year who are you getting torched by right now my man like who, who is this who's Julio Jones right who's this guy staring at you right now that like it looks like Julio Jones to you that you're like you can't even come near like it wasn't even near him sometimes like you just make like one juke up he's like seven yards away what's happening I know, right? You had, uh, was it? You had, oh, I guess it was like Jacoby Myers out there just going to town. Dude had 12 receptions. Stuff, <laughs> dude. Stuff. Stuff out here. But, all right. So, and, and, and like, Hold on. I just feel like Henry Anderson is literally scared to tackle quarterbacks, but <laughs> we don't have to get into all that. Those two cannot be on my team next year. I just, it just can't happen. Bro, like, 
how do you let Jacoby Myers go 12 for 14 and 169 yards? Like, what is going on here? And okay, well, you know, and some some of that wasn't all on him. I'm gonna hot, hot and cold, hot and cold on Bless Austin, man. I love the guy. I, I think he's an awesome dude. He has amazing plays, and he also he has bad plays. And I'm I'm hoping this is just like him learning, right? Because he's had like really he's had some hard duties. Like you know what I'm trying to say? Like he he's been he's been playing like the number one a bunch because like you got Disney on the other side. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not like like you're playing like a couple of times. There's no safeties back there. A couple of games. Like Bus Austin's there every game making tackles. He does have a propensity for some penalties here and there. Um, and they're most of the time pretty costly. Okay. Um, it could be that he's just not getting the calls from the refs. It could be that he doesn't really know how to like sneak those uh, like flags, you know, like those like penalties in without getting a flag on him because he's still young. But I really like Blessed. Um, I hope he stays as the number two. Um, just, just, uh, some jet transactions, uh, today though, we did pick up off waivers, Corey Ballantine, who was a cornerback from the giants. So, I mean, it looks like Greg Williams was like, dude, I don't know if I could like Pierre this year is tough. Like, or, you know, like, like I, I feel like he, he, he was kind of pissed out there too. So I think he's trying to bring in some guys. Um, but this, this Marcus May was quiet. Um, I think he was like helping a lot um, on coverage, which was good. You know what I mean? Like he, he's fine. I, I like Marcus May back there, and Ashton Davis was just being an absolute beast out there, just flying all over the place, being our Jamal Adams, like 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 what he's brought in to do. Yeah, I'm so tight that that call on Cam Newton was called. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! That was that was the biggest bull I've ever seen in my life. Come on, guys. This is like I get we gotta protect the quarterback, but that was like the best tackle form. I, he didn't even do anything. For a year. That was a that was that was the best tackle of the Jets year so far. That and the and the Harvey Lange uh one legged uh open field uh on Harris. That was about to be another seven points right there. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I know, I know we're like poo-pooing the Patriots because like it was a close game and they're not that good, whatever, whatever. But like those two plays happened, we're down like by 40 points. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And Wangi is another guy uh, I was going to point out. He looked pretty good, especially up in the front seven, making tackles, especially behind the line scrimmage. Dude looks like uh, looks like he could be like an up and coming uh, type player. I don't know how far he can get to. Be like, I don't know. Uh, well, don't forget, dude. Don't forget. Don't forget. We have a – this is how I'm thinking about it in my brain. We have a guaranteed, I guess, all-star signing, all-pro signing in C.J. Mosley, linebacker. You know, he has like a four-year deal coming up, like 18 mil a year. Like, it's like a guaranteed next year free agent signing. So, he's our linebacker. He's our number one starter. All right, we got Peanut coming through. And it's going to be Peanut Hewitt. Cashman, who has a hard time staying healthy, and Lange. And th- those players are competing to get on the field with Mosley, which is pretty awesome, dude. They're getting they're getting real burn. For sure. I, I, I just like I'm just all I'm saying is I don't know how far Lange's gonna get. He looked pretty good against the Patriots. Just gotta see more film of him and see how he can produce, right? The tackle behind the line is great. Pass coverage, though. 
that's where he's got to step up, man, because that is just horrendous. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough out there on the pass coverage. And, man, that, that, that's really what separates the, the boys from the men when in, on the, in the coverage, I think. Because tight ends are becoming a big deal in this league. Every good, good or decent team at this point has, has really good blocking and catching tight ends. And if you can't guard them, you're going to get killed in this league, man. You're just going to get killed on third downs. And you're going to get killed in the red zone. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, what points are, that's what points are made. So, I agree with you. And honestly, C.J. Mosley is not that good of a coverage guy either. So, um, that's, probably one, that's probably a little foreshadowing for us to keep an eye on in the draft. A nice coverage linebacker who could uh, manipulate the line and – yeah, I, I agree. Like, we do want to see a good coverage linebacker who can help manipulate the line. It's, you know, that this is, I, I think that's, I think that might be the easier thing to find because we still need an edge rusher, man. Like, it, it is glaring that we do need an edge rusher because that's the other thing. Like, if people, we're going to give quarterbacks way too much time to, to throw. Even, you know, Cam Newton was having a good amount of time to throw against us. And that's because yeah, Henry Anderson is literally scared to tackle a quarterback. I don't understand. He just, like, goes and just, like, stands there. Like, I, I don't – oh, my – I don't know, man. He he drives me nuts. I know we got him uh, for, like, nothing. And he had that he, – he was really good. But until we switch our defense with Greg Williams, it doesn't fit in the Greg Williams defense, man. Um yeah, he's tough. He, oh, but I, I, I really, I like right next to him though. Like you talk about the pass rush, but like right next to him, Foley, Mister Foley Fatukasi, our sixth round pick, who is now our nose tackle, um, because we sent out our our longest tenure jet and Steve McClendon, you know, out to Pittsburgh, um, so that he could, you know, hopefully get a ring. I mean. Q and, and Fatou Cassie, they, they're going to be beasts on that line, man. I'm really excited for that. Fatou Cassie had that fumble. He was a beast. Um, sorry, McClendon in Tampa. Uh, Avery Williamson's in Pittsburgh. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I'm really excited about those two. What's crazy is that if the Jets just add a pass rusher, add a number one cornerback, and a coverage linebacker, like the defense is actually set, you know what I'm saying, and and, and that's a crazy thought, and that's because Mosley's coming back in, and that's because our safeties are are were drafted well, and that's because Bless Austin's coming into his own, and that's because we drafted our D line well, you know, also. So there's um and our linebacker depth is also draft. So as hard as it looks, as I know the world looks like it's crumbling, especially on the defensive side of the ball for the Jets. Like, let's just, like, let's just be on there for a second. It doesn't look too bad, man. It really doesn't look too bad. It's especially with all these draft picks, all this cap space. It's it's right there for the taking. It's not, we're not, I know we're 0 9, but we're, we don't like It's not that bad. I agree with you, man. Uh, I totally agree with you. We're not too far behind with what we need on the front. On the front, on the front seven, we're not too far behind. We're starting to fix up the secondary. We got the safeties right. If we keep May and we got Ashton Davis, we just need corners at this point. We'll see what we can do with Bless Austin. You know, hopefully we, I don't know if we're going to keep Puyo or not, but Puyo is the best corner that we have. We should definitely keep him for the way he's been playing this season. 
we just got to find a one corner and we got to find an edge rusher and we got to find a linebacker that can go into coverage. We're not too far away. I think you can address optimistically two out of those three things in the draft because we also have a lot of needs offensively as well, especially revamping the line. So we'll see what happens. And we have, what, nine, ten draft picks this upcoming year? So we can see what we can do, man. We can see what uh, Joe Douglas can make out of that. It looks like he could draft well. Mims, Becton looks solid. Davis looks pretty good. He's starting to get into rhythm of things. So it looks like he could draft well. And that's, you know, that's been the ideal of Joe Douglas, right, is to draft well and build through the draft and not have to overspend in free agency. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of Puglia, he he, uh, he didn't play – this week either I, I don't i don't see him coming back i don't see us like overpaying for like a, a nice veteran slot corner nickel uh that's somebody i feel like we draft and like hope he develops you know what i mean and pulio goes to like a team that like need, that just needs that extra piece in the defense you know what i mean so yeah i mean just you're right like probably two out of those four pieces will hopefully be addressed but i'm, I'm kind of optimistic man i don't know i, I really like our pieces and one guy we we were two guys actually in those same spots that were activated but haven't uh, got any uh, real playing time yet, which is nice to keep an eye on in the second half of the season. Is Bryce Hall, cornerback. Um, Lamar Jackson, shout out to him. He had a nice game, uh, especially on the special teams coverage. But you know he's going to get some more playing time. <clears throat> but also we have um, Zuniga from. Uh, from Florida, who is a pass rusher. You know what I mean? And he just hasn't been able to get on the field yet, but hopefully he's, I mean, better than polite. Can I say it? Can I, can I, can I hope that as much? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the hope for, for sure. Uh, my God, my God, this defense overall, this defense didn't, didn't do much, man, but I think we, I think we covered good ground, uh, on both sides of the ball. You know, we got a bye coming up this week. So if we want us to give us a breakdown of how we're going to face the bye, I don't know. The bye is going to be my, uh, tough my favorite us. week of the year. I would definitely say take the bye money line, the Jets. So we're definitely not going to win this week. Um, but yeah, well, well uh, regardless, like, guess what, man? It's not a bye for us Jets fans because we have officially become the number one Jacksonville Jaguars fans. Duval Nation, we are here with you, man. We're here with you. We're looking for that W. And this week, we're in Lambo. <laughs> we got yeah, we got the bad man Aaron Rodgers at minus thirteen. Alex, take us through. Take us through, man. Oh boy. So I would love to see an upset, but we all know this ain't gonna happen. Especially for if the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm about to say we like we're actually do all fans over here. Oh my god. Uh, but we are rooting for you, Jaguars, to win. We want you guys to be a nice 6-10 and 10 team. So please win more games so that we can get the first overall pick. But they're probably going to have to lose this one. I'm not going to lie. Just because it's Aaron Rodgers, man. It's the Packers. It's just tough. That's a tough, that's a tough <laughs> game for them. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course it's a tough game for them. Um, so just so you keep in count, the Jets are have zero wins. The Jaguars have one win. Um, but they also played one more game than us, so we're going into the bye week. So even if they uh, lose this week, we're we're a game and a half up on them on the standings for the number one pick, basically. Oh man, that's a that's a lot of big numbers we're working with. Zero and one, my god. Yeah, but I'll tell you another big number, man. Is our strength of schedule is we have the hardest strength of schedule in the league, which is bad when it comes to tiebreaker 
for the draft pick. So it's actually opposite. So if we, if us and the Jaguars both have one win, we're going to get the number two pick. The Jaguars can get the number one pick. That's going to be a real issue. So um, that's of course why we had a little bit of a conundrum, right? With the Jets Patriots Monday night football. Like I just need one. Cause like I'm having to help me out, man. Like before we continue on with this Jaguars, I can't. We, we can't go on sixteen, man. I, I can't go on sixteen, even if it's for Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't know. I, like, could you like tell me like what you think about this? Because like I'm having a crisis because I can't have the Jets go on sixteen. I'd rather like get one win and like see how it plays out. Maybe the strength of schedule numbers change. Maybe the Jaguars sneak a win, but like oh, and sixteen is rough, dude. Yeah, 0-16 would be rough, but let's take a quick look at the schedule and see what we got. So we got the Chargers coming up next week. We're going out west for that. I don't see us winning that one. Then we got we're – oh, wait. Are we going out there? No? Oh, yeah, we are going out there, Chargers. Yeah, and then we have two straight home games. Yeah, we got two straight home games. We got the Dolphins and the Raiders. We got the Seahawks, the Rams, the Browns, and the Patriots to end off the season. Oh, man, this is a tough one to figure There's out. There's four games in there. There's four games in there that are winnable. One of the two home games – Right with the Dolphins, the second time playing them, who they blew us out. Like that's a classic division game where we're desperate. We beat, and also like they, they and like it's, it's. I'm gonna use the same excuse for the for both for these two things. Like the Dolphins beat us when they were O, when they had no wins. Right, they beat us, and so did the Browns, which we're also gonna play. And like I know that's weird, but like things in football are weird. Um, like things again, things come full circle all the time. Those two teams look like W's. I wouldn't be surprised with the Raiders too. Like two straight home games. Like we're 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 desperate. Like I just feel like one of those might happen, or the Browns, or throw it up the Week 17 versus the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like one of those four are seem like it's gonna be a W for us, and that's really why we have to be the number one Jacksonville Jaguars fans. I, I hear you, man, and I I would, I would say the Dolphins and the Patriots. I don't know about the Browns, man. The Browns seem like they're about to get full strength back with Chubb. I know they lost OBJ, but uh, strangely enough, Baker Mayfield looks better without OBJ, so he doesn't have to force feed his top wide receiver. But I would have to go with the Dolphins and the Patriots as the most likely games. Those are the two games I could see us winning. And it's probably going to be the Dolphins. I'm going to say it right now. It's probably going to be the Dolphins just because, like you said last year, they're winning right now. They put Tua in. I'm not think- I don't think Tua is that good enough yet. Personally, and it's just due, man. It's just due. Like you said, things come full circle, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so while we're watching the Jaguars this week, Jake Luton um, threw for 305 yards, a touchdown, rushing touchdown. You know what I mean? He actually wasn't that bad. He had like a 75-yard bomb to DJ Chark in the first quarter. Um, he also had a pick. But, dude, he looked pretty good. Um, like, Chris Conley looked okay. Um, he had he was pretty accurate. I, like, James Robinson looked good. Um, they had Josh Jones, their safeties, killing it. Miles Jack murdering it. Like they're, they're not a bad squad. I I, I know thirteen's a lot. I'm telling you right now that I'm telling you right. Thirteen is a lot. The Packers aren't as good as everybody says they are. Um, and this is and they just came off a pretty bad loss. Two touchdowns is a lot for me. Um, I'll say this much. I like the Jaguar spread. That's that that I'll say that on that, but yeah, we're we're definitely uh, huge Jaguars fans this week. Yeah, sure. Let me pull out my old uh, Mark Brunel jersey that I have somewhere. Um, but yeah. Oh God! If if I'm gonna Brunel, bro, of course. Yeah, man, Brunel. You got a Jets Brunel jersey? 
Oh no 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 no! I was about to say that's classic. No no no! Back uh back in uh back in elementary school, I had a Mark Brunel jersey. I was just rocking jerseys. I just had mad jerseys back. Then. Yeah 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 yeah. That 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 was the thing to do. Um, for that era. Yeah, definitely for that era. But yeah, for me, I'm just gonna say it's the Jags against Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Aaron Rodgers all day. But with that, I think that closes out our Jet segment. So let's go into a nice uh, commercial break and. We'll come back with our et cetera portion. All right, everyone. And we're back from our break with the et cetera portion of this podcast. So, John, it's been a while. Last week, we uh, were supposed to check in on our sleeper teams for this season. Uh, for those of you who do not remember, um, John, at the beginning of the season, chose the Colts, Steelers, and Bears. And I chose the Cardinals, Browns, and Broncos. So, for John, for the Steelers, they're... 8 no, that's his best team. Colts are 5 and 3, and the Bears are 5 and 4. All three of John's teams are winning records. For my teams, the Cardinals are 5 and 3. The Browns are 5 and 3, and the Denver Broncos are slowly but surely trying to come their, get their way back into this AFC West division race between them, the Raiders, and the Chargers, because we all know that Chiefs are, is not realistic for the team. So I have one team with a losing record, two with a win team. John, we're doing, I think, pretty good for so far for choosing some sleepers. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, for sure, because none of these six teams were really uh, called upon to um, really achieve this year or exceed expectations, I'd say, besides the Colts. Right, they brought in Philip Rivers, veteran, you know, and they're kind of underachieving um, for me. But the other teams, I mean, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is looking good on your side of the ball. Um, I don't really believe in the Cardinals. I, I don't really believe in the Browns, and I don't believe in the Broncos, like your three teams still. Um, I, I think right now <laughs> they're kind of a nice stock to buy low, right? Like you can buy low, like they're all like kind of hanging out in their division. None of them are at the top and they're possible to explode. You know what I mean? Make like a little run at the end. So I kind of like, I like, I like the stock, you know, on your three. Um, for me personally, I wish I could have sold the bear stock. I remember the last time we brought it up, I was like, let me just sell the bear stock. I know they're looking really good right now, but they're fraudulent. Um, I'm going to repeat this until this bears team gets um, like extinguished. The Bears need to have a two-quarterback system where they have Mitch Trubisky first half, full game plan, and he always kills it with the with the first half, and then put Nick Foles in the second half and let him, you know, get warm in the third quarter and then be Nick Foles in the fourth. For me, that's the only way the Bears go in. They're obviously not going to do that, so they're not going to win, but I'm excited to see what they do. They look like the Mark Sanchez Jets to me. Um, the Steelers... Look really good, man. I'm proud of our boy, Avery Williamson. Ben Roethlisberger has two messed up knees uh, right now, so I'm kind of worried about him. But they do. it does feel like um, a last licks sort of situation for ben, Big Ben, even though he says it's not. Um, so I'm curious. And a little eye for us, Juju there um, was going to be a free agent, so I always have my eye <laughs> on them. But uh, la lastly, I'll go on the Colts. Man, oh man, I really, I'm disappointed in the Colts, but I think that they're going to be 
a force by the time it comes to the playoffs. I think it's about to be Colts season. Um, they're about to have, you know, their indoor stadium. It's going to, they're going to, they're finally coming together. T Y Hilton still hasn't done a thing. Um, I, I think they're ready to go. Darius Leonard back in. So, um, out of all six of our, our teams, I would, I would really, obviously the Steelers are the best team out of them, but I'm really buying the Colts right now. That's, that would be my squad out of the six that I really like besides the Steelers, of course. Yeah, I would go with out of all the teams that we have, I'd go with the Steelers. Obviously, I like the I like the Cardinals and seeing because they're right now tied with the Rams. I don't I don't know. I can't see the Rams. I can and I can't see them doing it. But I feel like this is going to be the Cardinals' year for some reason. Browns. I think it's going to be three teams out of the NFC, the AFC North that goes into this uh, playoff race. And then for the Denver Broncos, I actually don't have high hopes for them doing anything. So they're the one team that I feel like, you know, they'll probably just go seven and nine, eight and eight and call it a day. For the Bears, I know you think they look fraudulent, but realistically they're going against the Vikings and the the Lions. So the only their competition right now and they're they're second. It's only gonna be one team out of the East. You're probably getting two teams out of the South, which is the Saints and the Buccaneers. You're going to get probably two teams out of the West, the NFC West, which is the Seahawks, and it's going to either be the Cardinals or the Rams. And then last but not least, um, you got probably two teams out of the NFC North, and right now it's the Bears because the Vikings are 3-5 and five and the Lions are 3-5. and five. So I could, see the, I could see the Bears just being okay and going into the playoffs. That's how I feel about everyone else right now. Uh, and, then the, yeah, so – I mean the Browns. I, I if I didn't cover the Browns already, they're tough because AFC North. I think I did say I, I. I see three teams. I see three teams for. Actually, no. I'm looking at this again. I don't know, man. That's gonna be that. That one's gonna be a tight race if they for them to. All they gotta do is make eight and eight. That's the that's the cap for a sweeper for us. But it's gonna be tough for them to get to that road. But regardless, that's those are our sweepers. Now let's move on to a few games. Let's uh, let's wrap this et cetera se- section up. All right, John. All right, man. But I mean, I'm not gonna let you start without talking about our Jacksonville Duval Jaguars oh going up against. <laughs> we need them to man. We need them to win because we're gonna get a W. Like we we need the Jaguars to win. So we are the biggest Jake Lewin fans on the entire planet right now. Um, but they are going into Lambeau as. Minus 13, a uh, plus 13. Sorry, they're underdogs, they're two touchdown underdogs to the Packers. What do you think, man? Yeah, like I said earlier, it's not happening, man. Jacksonville is going to lose to the, is losing to the Packers. I can see it either if it's going to be close, it's going to be a crazy, funky game with the Packers still winning, or it could be a Packers blowout. There's no way Jacksonville is going north to go win a Lambo. I can tell you that right now. Are they going to cover? That's I don't just thirteen. So they gotta get well. They gotta be two uh, touchdowns. They gotta get. Two. They gotta run by fourteen. Yeah, I can see a cover. I can see the. Cover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me too. All right. So then, um, who, we're we're in the future right now. Who who won this game? It's a minus one pick'em in the first Tennessee. Uh, Titans come back on the winning record. Oh, okay. You got you got Titans. I I. I am notorious. I've never got a Thursday game right in my entire life. I will never get a Thursday game right in my entire life. So I'm taking – I like Indy, so it probably means Tennessee. 
All right. There we go. Just <laughs> to touch on that game. Um, yeah. So then uh, for, for the one o'clock slate, we, we got um, the Washington football team at Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Alex Smith at quarterback for Washington with Kyle Allen having a terrible injury, kind of reminiscent of the old Alex Smith injury, which scared me. Um, D Haskins on the bench because he's griping with the team. We got Detroit as minus four and a half. They got to win by five. It's at Detroit. Uh, Kenny Galladay's out as well. What do you got there? I got Detroit winning. Somehow Matthew Stafford can just swing it anyone, anywhere to mm-hmm. anyone and get it done. I think Detroit's going to make some key defensive plays. They're going to give up a lot of – I don't know. Actually, yeah, they'll probably give up a good amount of yards, but I could see Detroit coming out with this W. I just don't want Alex Smith to get hurt. Um, because it, honestly, watching him play like was honestly scary. But you're right; it, it is Matt Stafford season, dude. November is Matt Stafford season around Thanksgiving. Like this is his time to shine, for sure. And I and I'm worried for Alex Smith too. I just don't want to see him get hurt, man. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about uh, Cleveland. Well, Houston at Cleveland. This one, I I, I got, <laughs> I got Houston with the uh, with the upset on this. Is it upset? No, I got Houston winning this. Yeah, game. it is. So yeah, so Cle- so uh, Cleveland is minus three and a half. Okay. That means that they have to win by four or more to so cover. So you think Houston's going to win out, right? Yeah, I think Houston's going to win out, right? Oh, okay. Well, then honestly, for uh, then Houston plus three is probably on your list because that's plus three and a half. Because even if they lose by a field goal, they cover this game. So you're you're really liking Houston this week. I have a strange feeling about. Houston this week they the team is not gelling properly and makes sense they got rid of some they got rid of D Hop you know you just don't yeah. have your quarterback's top weapon but I, I feel yeah they're they're over that they're over that by now yeah you're right but this but this is a game that you can come out Cleveland likes to make it funky this is gonna be a funky yeah game. The, the, the only the the only problem I, I don't only problem I see in this game is that David Johnson looks hurt. Um, so they got Duke Johnson back there. I don't know if he could really uh, do it in the trenches. And then on the other side, the Browns got Nick Chubb healthy. You know what I mean? And now they got Hunt ready to go. I don't know. Uh, it seems like Cleveland might um, just run this ball a thousand times. But we'll see. Baker Mayfield just came out of COVID. Uh, so he just started practicing on Wednesday of the week. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we also have um, – Tan. Uh, Tom Brady at Carolina um, after that debacle on Monday night. Uh, everybody told me that the Saints were uh, looking forward to that Tampa game. Maybe they're all right. Um, they killed them. So we have Tampa at Carolina, another division game. Teddy B not looking that great either. Uh, but the Carolina defense looking pretty stout. Tampa's minus five and a half. So Tampa has to win by six to cover. What do you got? Yeah, I got Tampa come bouncing back after this one. I'm one of those people who thought Drew Brees was not going to do it next last week against uh, Tom Brady. I thought Tom Brady was just going to sling it all on uh, New Orleans, but proved me wrong. So this one, I see uh, Tampa bouncing back. Carolina is an iffy team. They can put up points. They can keep the offense going for the most part. Their defense is suspect, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I like I like Tampa in this game. Uh, McCaffrey came back last week, but he's out this week. Uh, a little shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like Tampa this week as well. I don't I don't think Mike Davis is going to be able to get moving on the ground. 
McClendon will stuff him up. They probably got a nice talking to from Arians and Bulls after last week. Um, For sure. So, yeah, I like I like Tampa there uh, as well. Which brings us to our marquee game of the 1 o'clock, which I, 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 it's a pretty nice 1 o'clock slate. Um, but I think the marquee matchup where everyone's going to have their eye on is the NFC East Ugh. championship game. Um, the Philly – Philly Eagles versus the New York Giants. Total of two wins hanging out over there. Two wins, three wins, just chilling. We got a tie in there. Uh, Giants are plus three and a half. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I love the Giants are plus three and a half. That hook is amazing to me. I, I kind of like the Giants to win this game, but I'm not going to go that far. I'm just going to – I'll say I like the – I love the three and a half. Yeah, I got – I'm going to go with you. I got the Giants win this game. I feel that the Eagles got lucky – on the the last the last matchup, I think it's just time for the Giants to come back and do it. Yeah, so I I understand that logic, and here's what scares me personally is Vegas knows that logic, and that's why they give you that three and a half hook because that hook looks pretty sometimes, right? It's like, oh, Giants are gonna win this game. Last time it was close. This is three and a half, no problem. The Eagles are healthy. The Eagles had a bye week. The Eagles are healthy now. They got. Saunders coming back and running back. They got Alshon Jeffrey, you know, as like a, a wide receiver three, four coming back healthy finally. Um, it kind of worries me a little bit. So I like the Giants at three and a half, I'll say, but uh, probably it, it's scary. Like I'm not going to be shocked if the Eagles are actually murdering the the Danny Jones addicted Giants to turnovers. They're literally addicted to turnovers. And the Eagles on defense, once they start getting turnovers, once they start killing your offensive line, you know those games. Like, you know those Eagles games where they're just murdering you in the trenches. Like, you just don't stand a chance. Yeah, I hear you. I, 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 I get that logic, but I just think the Giants, they're due for a win. This is a team that is hungry. They're not so far out of it. And, you know, they've been in a lot of close matchups. It's just got to, sw- it's going to swing their way at some point. And what better way than to make this NFC East conference more messy? to get this w so- yeah and and yo dude the the four o'clock slate it, they it's like uh they heard our prayers man look how many games are in the four o'clock slate this week this is weird because it's usually like two three games max and now we got a whole stinkers too usually stinkers we got some we got some nice games this week yeah it's usually like the worst things at four o'clock but we got some <laughs> good ones so let's let's run through these uh let's run through these real, real quick all right so we got we got denver and vegas right who do you get? Who do you got? So Vegas is minus five, so they got to win by six or more. Ah, I, I don't know. I kind of like Vegas, man. I'm really not buying Denver, and Vegas is 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 been quiet, quiet, quiet. It's at home. I give me Vegas. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you too. I got Vegas winning this one. Denver has been. They had that really weird game against the Chargers where they won it, but the team doesn't look that good. I mean, we got Jerry Judy, who's looking phenomenal as a young wide receiver. You know. Young Jeezy himself. I don't know if he can. <laughs> I like him, dude. I like Judy. I, I even like Judy for the Jets, you know, coming out. Um, uh, he was like one of those guys I was staring at. Him, Ruggs. He's good, man. For sure. He is good. But I just don't see Drew Locke making that effort over what seems to be a solid Vegas team. All right. Next matchup. We got a very interesting matchup between the LA Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. I actually think the Dolphins are going to win this one because the Dolphins are just on a streak right now. And they're looking really good under Flores. Dolphins by three or more. You like that? 
I think three is the number, actually. Nice. So you like the Dolphins by by the half. Uh, I kind of like the Chargers here. I'm going against you. Um, Herbert's been looking nasty. The defense is coming together. The most underrated part of the Chargers always is their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, their wide receivers are finally getting healthy. Uh, I, I actually I like the Chargers here. I think the Dolphins are fraudulent. Just when you think the Dolphins are good, oop, they they're gonna pull that carpet so fast. Okay, I I, I get what you're saying. I'm still going to stick with the Dolphins just because they're on that streak. It seems like Forrest has really tapped into something over there. And I just like what he's got going on in Miami to make this a very interesting, close game. Now mm-hmm. we got the Cardinals and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, for me, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the Arizona Cardinals just because the Buffalo Bills defense hasn't been looking that stout as it usually has been in the past. And Josh Allen, it looks like he's running for his life, even though he's been passing the ball pretty well. And they had a good win over Seattle. Uh, the way their team is playing as a unit is not really convincing me. I could say the same for, thing for Arizona, but I like the talent more so on Arizona than I do on Buffalo. Yeah, so I'm against you on this one as well, but we're not that far off. I just, I actually just don't trust Arizona's team. All right, like I just don't trust any part of that team. I think Kyler Murray's making magic happen because uh, he has some playmakers at certain positions, on, and there's playmakers on the defense. You know what I mean? They got Peterson. They got some guys who make plays, um, and they're acting as a deodorant. I don't think that they're as good as their record shows. And I think that when they run into real teams like Buffalo, um, that's when they start to get headaches. So although I was against Buffalo last week with Seattle and I was uh, ridiculed for it (laughs) in my group chats and my friends, um, I'm taking Buffalo this week. So hopefully Josh Allen – I mean – it makes sense, though, to me that Arizona loses, like Miami, lo- like a, a day that Buffalo has a chance to really take care of the AFC East, right? Like the Patriots are out. The Jets are obviously out. The Dolphins lose to the Chargers. The Buffalo Bills could do it, and then they lose. So I could, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not too confident about this game. I'm picking Buffalo here, but I'm not going to be shocked if the Cardinals take And they had a heartbreaking loss last week, too. Gotcha. Okay. I'm, so, I'm still going to stick with Arizona. But here comes the real fun. I, I wouldn't mind. Maybe I, I might be on Arizona by uh, by by Sunday. We'll okay. see the injury reports. <laughs> we got the real fun one. This is going to be a shootout right here. I can tell you that right now. We got Seattle at LA. Ooh, no defense will be played. Take smash the over fifty five and a half. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think Seattle comes out of this game with a dub, uh, but it will be high, definitely. It will be high scoring. That's that's what I can say about. Are you sure? Because it's a division game. Yes, it will be high scoring. Okay, okay, we're confident about that. This, this is look. The defense has been porous all year. I don't think after getting like losing to Buffalo that they're just going to flip that switch and then just start being the stingiest thing. Ja is back, man. Thirty three is back. He's been out for like four weeks. Yeah, this week too. No, no, no. He was out last week. He's come back this week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, look, he's come back. No, he was back last week, wasn't he? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. He was. Yeah, he fought. He fought with the coach. Right, right. He was back last week, and so I'm not. Yeah. I just. I don't. I. Like, I don't see it happen. I'm, I'm expecting for. A, I'm expecting fire, just flames, legit flames on the field for how much scoring will be happening. I don't trust the Rams. And uh, for me personally, uh, I got a lot of guys on both those teams in fantasy. So please, so you're hoping. You're hoping. I, I just don't trust the Rams. I think golf sinks, but we'll see. All right. <laughs> 
49ers at New Orleans. I got New Orleans in this matchup just because 49ers, they are looking a little clunky as a unit as well. And New Orleans just demolished. Demolished. By double digits? That's a spread. Mm. 10. 8 to 1 by 10 to cover. I think it's going to be like 8. Honestly. Ah, uh, okay. I feel like yeah, I like, but they're home. That kind of makes me happy. Uh, but honestly, New Orleans is not rolling. And when New Orleans is not rolling, that's when they play hard and they try to get it together and they try to figure things out. You know what I mean? Like Michael Thomas is trying, is it, it's only his second game back. Like these players take time. Like you're, I understand Jamal Adams didn't have an amazing game. He's probably not 100% healthy last week. He's going to be healthy this week. You know what I mean? He's versus the division Rams. He knows it's a big game. He's in L.A. He's going to be hyped. And all the talk about him, about Pete Carroll and the fight on the sideline. You know what I mean? Second game back. I kind of like the same thing with Thomas. I know they killed Tampa, so they're probably riding high. Um, that's the only thing that worries me. You know what I mean? Is that they're riding on such a high and they're playing Nate Mullins. You know what I mean? They're probably like, oh, who cares? We're going to we're gonna kill this team. Um, and then that's exactly when New Orleans loses games. So <laughs> um, I, I, I also want to see the injury report there. Uh, I like New Orleans to win, uh, but uh, reluctantly, if I had to choose gun to the head, I'm taking San Francisco plus nine. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Interesting. I'm still going to stick with the Saints, but let's go to the what I guess should be. The- no, I, I got Saints to win, but San Francisco plus nine. Okay, okay. So I'm, I don't know if we should go into this game. I don't think we really need to go in that depth. It's, Pitt, it's Bengals at the Steelers. I think Steelers are going to stay undefeated. I think that's... I don't. I don't think it's going to be the same. It's not I think Cincinnati is going to win this game. Uh, I think that Joe Burrow is a beast. I think it's a division game, and they play each other very, very, very well. Um, Steelers play down to their competition. You see what happened to them versus the Cowboys. Quarterback is not healthy. Um, I actually see Cincinnati acting like this is a Super Bowl uh, versus the undefeated division. Pittsburgh, they hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I actually see Cincinnati coming out. The The line already went from 10.5 to 7 because the Duck might be playing. Uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, they don't know. Uh, so I actually I actually like Cincinnati here. I see this was another interesting 4 o'clock game. Red Zone's going to be popping off at 4 o'clock. For sure. And if that's the case, if we got either Mason Rudolph or Duck Rogers playing, I will then go with the Cincinnati Bengals to go with. <laughs> All right, cool. What's- and then I think this is the this is the game of the week, I think, the Sunday night. Ooh, really? Even though the yeah. Jets are not that good? We got I think good. New England. I think the Jets just played well and it's freaking everybody out. But I think the Pats are good. Okay. Just to clarify, this is Baltimore at New England. Baltimore's going to win this one. By more than a touchdown? Yes. Okay. I agree, but um, I don't really trust Baltimore, man. It's November. That's cool. Lamar Jackson is starting to get better, but Lamar Jackson versus Bill Belichick is kind of scary. But I know that he doesn't have the personnel because Joe Flacco kind of killed him. So I, d- I definitely see Marquise Brown having a nice game. Mark Andrews maybe. But the running back, it's not going to be a blowout like like you're suggesting with your body language. I'm not suggesting a blowout. I just think it's going to be a two-touchdown game. I okay. The whole way or the, or in the end? Um, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be like, is it going to be like twenty-one-seven? Who cares? A whole game and like twenty. You know what I'm saying? Or is it going to be like a, a touchdown game the whole way? Then like, you know, Baltimore wins at the end, like but pulls away. Mm, is it going to be worth watching? No. I, competitive. 
No? Uh, no, because here's the reason. Baltimore's defense is stout. Stout. Unbelievably stout, dude. Let me tell you something. That that Patriots offense is not there, bro. It's just not there. I know. Okay. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Look for that. Look for that. Look for that uh Ravens defense to score prop. I'm sure it's probably like it's probably nice, like plus three hundred or something. Cam Newton's definitely throwing an interception this game. And pick six. Yeah, it's probably gonna be We even almost had an interception on him, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. That's what I'm saying. And we have terrible we have a terrible secondary. Last game of the last game of the week. Don't listen to him, Ashton. <laughs> last game of the week. Minnesota at Chicago. I got Chicago beating the Vikings. Just because defense and I don't the Vikings just flop in prime time. Yeah, I mean, you got Kirk Cousins prime time. You're not being Nostradamus here, but what's crazy here is that Minnesota was plus one and a half underdogs, and now they're minus three favorites. Weird. Yeah. That's a fishy, fishy line, huh? That is fishy. Who's not playing? Let me know. I don't know, man. We got to see We got to see those injury reports, but the everybody's smashing the under, which opened up at 45 and a half, and now it's at 44, so... I don't know what's going on in that game. To be honest with you, give me Chicago and the money line all day long. All right. Nick Foles all day. All right. Oh, probably Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Dalvin Cook being being, being uh, insane. Yeah, but I don't see him doing it against Chicago, man. Yeah, me neither. I don't see that. All right. Well, that wraps it up. That does wrap it up for another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. As always, everyone, thank you for tuning in, listening to this I guess what you call a wonderful podcast because you guys are listening to it. So please make sure to tell your friends, your family, everyone that you know about this. Please go around, just hand out flyers on our behalf. We'll appreciate it. And also make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are on Twitter. Please check us out. Reach out to us on Twitter too. Whatever you need to do. All right, John, you got any last words for our, 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 our great uh, listeners out there? Yeah, tease Buffalo. Denver, Giants, Houston, Jacksonville, Seattle, Chicago. My God. Baltimore. Entire, just even the entire thing, okay? He's just saying, telling to tease everything that. No, no, do that, do that one teaser in one parlay. See what happens. Hit me up next week. All right. Thank you, everyone. Tune, we'll tune in next. We'll tune in next week for another Knicks Jets etc. episode for another Knicks episode. Because guess what? We're getting close to draft. We got a wonderful guest. Let's go! All right, later, everyone. Let's go, Jets.